Welcome back, boys of spring. Ben Vladi with Peter Flaherty. A super exciting week. Plus, Celtics just clinched game seven, baby. They're moving on. So that's another plus two. That's what I'm most excited about. But uh, a close second is uh, the weekend that we had in college baseball. There were a lot of marquee matchups we touched on in our last episode, and they for sure lived up to the hype in my mind, and I'm excited to break it all down with you. Yeah, man. I mean, we were just talking about how exciting the upcoming weekend was going to be, and it, it definitely did not disappoint. I mean, a couple upsets. I mean, a lot of things played out exactly how you'd expect, but the series that, which we'll get into, a lot of SEC play, I mean, those were big-time series that were fun to watch the entire time. Yeah. For sure. No, and and there were a lot of great series. that, Like you said, there were a lot of upsets that we can talk about, and, you know, there were a lot of prove-it series, I think, with – definitely. There were Louisville and Virginia Tech was one of them. And, and to kind of get a gauge of how good these teams were, Texas Tech and Oklahoma State. So I guess we could we could hop right into Vatech and Louisville if you want. It was a it was a really good series between two, I think, really good teams, um, two top 10 teams, I might add. And it, it wasn't so much that Louisville is a bad team that they dropped the series. It really, to me at least, it proved how good Virginia Tech is, and they can play with these teams that are perennial, super, super regional and Omaha contenders. And, I mean, they're on the fast track to have a, a top eight national seed. I think that it's just it's theirs to lose at this point with Southern Miss kind of falling off a little bit and other teams dropping series. But I, – I, I was just really impressed with how deep Virginia tech is. They have really good pitching with Griffin green and the true freshman drew Hackenberg is unbelievable. And they've got great bats with, I mean, I think they're going to have a, a day one guy in Schobel and obviously Gavin cross, but people who've emerged like Jack Hurley and Kate, Hunt, I mean, I could go on and on, but I just think they're a fantastic team. And, and we talk about so much who's, kind of built for the long haul and who can sustain a run to Omaha or who might burn out because of the lack of pitching or whose lineup is going to get diced because they're up against a good team. Um, I, there are really no holes in Virginia tech that stand out to me. I don't, I'd love to hear your take on it. And and if you had any takeaways from this weekend series. Yeah, no, I think you, you summed up the series really well. If one thing I'm impressed with is, I mean, like you said, they're starting pitching. I mean, even the series, you know, uh, the two games they won, winning four to three and six to four. The starting pitcher gave up two earned runs, so I think it's just a testament to their lineup too. That you know they're not going to even when they go down early, they're not going to give up, and that their starting pitching, which we kind of worried about a little bit in the beginning of the season, proves that they're not going to be terrible and they're going to hold it close, even with you know give up two runs here or there. But yeah, the pitching's been really good on the back end of the season, and. I, I couldn't agree more. I don't really see a hole in this team. Like if they're one of the teams where if the starting pitching doesn't have the lineup's going to carry and the bullpen's going to, you know, keep them where they're going to need to be, that the team's just really whole. And they got a lot of exciting guys, like you said, like, I mean, Gavin Cross, what a fun, fun guy to watch there. But yeah, yeah. Ab- I, I think, ab- I think uh, Virginia tech proved that they're the better team between Louisville and them. And I think I, I would not be surprised at all if we see them make a decent run. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. And even with Louisville, I'd say that they're a little bit of, I I guess, I don't want to say dumbed down Virginia Tech, but they have, they have decent pitching depth with Loman, Jared Poland, um, 
and other guys. I, they're just not, I think, of the caliber of Virginia Tech yet. And they've got a really good lineup. They were missing Christian Napchek this weekend, who was a dynamo at the top of the lineup. And I, I, that's a huge loss because he he makes that offense go. He's a great table setter. He plays the game hard. And it's infectious. It, it carries over to the rest of the lineup. But Jack Payton's been outstanding. It's it's always tough to fill the shoes of Henry Davis. Damn near impossible. Yeah. But He's sitting around 350 on the year. You look up and down their lineup, Isaac Humphrey in right field, Logan Beard on the dirt. It's a really good team. I just don't know if they've got the starting pitching depth. If they run into a couple of game threes or a couple of long games, I just don't know if they're going to have the stamina or legs to make a Virginia Tech type run. But Louisville is a really good team as well. And in talking through this, it made me think of the ACC landscape and all that. I don't know what it is with the ACC and not being able to finish out weekend series or finishing them in really weird ways because Clemson and Virginia, another kind of, I guess, Clemson really needed this series like Wake did last week against, um, I think it was Louisville um, when they got called for a tie, but they split the first two. So they're looking at a rubber game today and they, they can't finish it due to rain. So I don't, I don't know how that series is going to finish up, but I know it was a game that, in a series that Clemson really needed to get into the, the at-large discussion and further their resume. So I don't know what it is about the ACC, but they just can't seem to string together a full slate of, uh, of clean, of clean series. Yeah. I, I, it is weird how they do that, but Louisville, before I move on really quick, I mean, they, this upcoming weekend, they have Virginia. So another tough series for them. And I got to ask, you know, if, if they end up, I don't think they'll get swept, but if they drop another two out of three, they're going to, I mean, we're definitely going to see them take a drastic hit in the top 25 and it's going to hurt their chances for, you know, the re- their ranking for the regional bit as well too. Yeah. It's it, so much of it now is all about the RPI. Mm. And if Louisville, their, their RPI right now is sitting at number 11. So if they can avoid, I think in my mind, if they can avoid a sweep, and going over in Charlotte for the ACC tournament, they should probably be a host. Um, that'll mean they'll end up 16 and 13 in the ACC, 16 and 14 if, if you include Charlotte. Right. Um, I still feel pretty good about Louisville hosting. I think it would take a lot to knock them out. Both they'd have to lose a lot and other teams would have to show a lot. Um, but as far as the RPI goes, which is weird because it – it, the ranking is not based on whether you win or lose. Um, they're scheduled the rest of the way. Like you said, they have that weekend series against UVA, um, but they've got a midweek against Eastern Kentucky and a popular trend among the teams is, and it's a controversial subject is they'll cancel these last midweek games. These, these really? midweek games in the last couple of weeks to avoid a hit to your RPI. We saw Texas A&M do it. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know who their opponent was this week, but they banged their midweek game. So there's going to be a lot of chess played this last week, whether it's lining up your rotation for a conference tournament, um, axing a midweek game. Um, But no, to to your original point, I I think Louisville is going to host until they really, uh, until they're not, I I think record wise, they'll be okay. As long as if yeah. they, as long as they don't go zero for four against EKU and, and UVA, I think they'll be all right. Yeah. So you already hinted at it with you know getting your pitching 
your rotation set for um, regional time. Uh, Tennessee, we saw them do that. We had Ben Joyce get a chance to start on Sunday. They're starting to, you know, rest a lot of their pitchers. And, you know, they, they took care of business like they had to do. And, you know, they clinched the SEC. So good for them. Uh, I think everyone expected that going in. But I think I didn't realize that team for canceling the midweek series is Belmont, Tennessee, a series that just gets banged Tuesday. That's a great question. It's all on a team to team basis. Belmont is a really good team and they're, mm-hmm. I, they're fighting for, I, I think they're going to win the Ohio Valley, but their RPI just looked at 64 and they've won 35 games themselves. So that's not an RPI hit. That's a, that's for a midweek series and, a, or I mean, a midweek game. That's about as, that's pretty good for Tennessee this late and in a non-conference team. So I think that series stays, but to original point with Tennessee, we, it was interesting. They, they played it really different than we've seen them in the past. As far as pitching rotation goes, I think that's a little bit due to the injuries of blade Tidwell and chase Dolander and getting those guys back and in working them back to their normal workload. So on Friday we saw Dolander start and their first arm at a relief was their usual Friday night starter, this was it's crazy how their rotation is because they were going to have Tidwell start on Fridays until he got hurt before the season. Then it was Burns and then Dolander came back. It was a whole shuffle Burns. Who's their usual Friday night guy comes in in relief of Dolander and everyone's kind of scratching their head. You know, what are they doing? And it's crazy that Tennessee at this point, they've clinched the sec regular season title with their series win this weekend they're the unanimous number one, other than in baseball America. Who knows what, what they're doing? They might be trying to get some clicks, but uh, they, they can monkey around a little bit and see who works where, see who might be able to come in and give you three or four innings in relief, who is usually a starter. Like you said, Ben Joyce, who's a reliever, who we could maybe throw in a game three or in Omaha if we're going to, to, to three games there. So it was a weekend of kind of experimenting. Ben Joyce was good through his first trip through the order, first trip plus, and then in the fourth inning, he kind of got, I, I guess, to his standard hit around. Um, but I think that was, for Vitello, encouraging because you saw that he can give you three. He can go a trip, a right. full trip through an order. So that's big. Chase Burns was Chase Burns. <clears throat> but Tennessee, they're, I don't want to say they're born to talk about, but they just take care of business every single week. And this weekend was no less. It, and it was a really good Georgia team. And, and they, they took it to them for two of the three games. So until they prove heavily, otherwise they're, they're going to be really tough to pick against, whether it's a weekend series, yeah. a conference tournament, or even in regionals and getting in Omaha. Yeah. I, and I just can't believe the pitching depth that they have where they're just able to experiment with this. I mean, obviously winning so many games so early and just continuing to winning allows you to experiment like this and that they are, but just the fact that they do it and it works out and they still win just the the depth they have. And the fact that, you know, we, we weren't doubting their lineup at the beginning of the year, but we were definitely saying they weren't as strong as other lineups and they prove, you know, you're not throwing, uh, Burns or Dollander, your top guys, you're still going to get it done. The lineup's still going to come through and put up, you know, six, nine runs. It's just the team. We said uh, Virginia Tech doesn't have a hole. I don't. Is there even close to a hole in Tennessee? <laughs> I, 
I don't think there's a hole at all. Like even their lineup, they'll roll out. They've got their usual nine, but they go 11 deep. They've got two freshmen who come off the bench who are going to be a, a problem for their next two years in school. Christian Moore and Blake Burke. Blake Burke has as much raw power as anyone in the country. I think he had a home run. I think it was against Georgia or he had two against Georgia on Friday night. And one was 110 off the bat. And then Christian Moore is super athletic up the middle and he can yeah. swing it. And Tennessee, the developmental aspect, they've shown that they can develop guys and where they can one bring in these really good players, these guys who are pro prospects and even draft picks at a high school who are turning down a lot of money to one, bring those guys in and two, to keep developing them is a huge reason why I think Tony Vitello and his staff are, are one of, if not the best in America, and they're just going to keep getting better and they're going to keep getting these guys and developing them. And I think that college baseball is going to be theirs for, for a long time. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I think we're going to see what happened to Vanderbilt happen to them in this coming time in uh, college baseball. But so looking ahead for them um, this upcoming weekend they have mississippi state so i think that it's pretty safe to say they're going to take care of business because mississippi state has just absolutely collapsed yeah what a man what a disappointing season they've had they're again going back to rpi i think i mean they're they're really far out of anything i think their only hope now is to somehow win it all in hoover uh their schedule was really tough this year yeah, they had a tough schedule. Everyone was talking about Long Beach, and Long Beach ended up not being so good. It was, it was a weird year for them. I, they're a tough team to to keep down for a while. Like yeah. I don't think that Mississippi State is going to be five hundred overall for the next five years. I'm sure they'll be back to yeah, where they are next year. They do have a good young core, um, and obviously losing Landon Sims is is irreplaceable on the mound. Uh, he he probably won Pitcher of the Year if he if he threw the full season, but now just kind of a disappointing year, uh, especially after the national championship. I think anything after a national championship, unless you repeat is probably considered a disappointment, but now just kind of a stinker. I, I, they've got a great staff over there with coach Lamonis and, and they'll just flush it and get back to it. Yeah. Uh, I just, Tennessee is just going to roll through them. I feel like, but I mean, it, the Mississippi state's lineup actually, you know, we were t- say, saying in the beginning of the uh, season, you know, they're just not getting it done at all. They started to pick it up a little bit. I mean, Logan Tanner has been doing his thing and um, the other guys, the top of the lineup have been getting it done too. So there, there's some bright spots, like you said, a good young core to come, but let's, let's say focused on right now. And um, let, let's say Vanderbilt, Arkansas. I don't know if you're ready to talk about it. I am. I, that was by far my favorite series to watch. Not even yeah. that competitive. I was just, excited that Vanderbilt was back I mean the the past two weekends they've had proved that maybe they're not done and then this upcoming LSU we'll talk about that later but them taking two out of three against Arkansas was really impressive and I mean I got a shout out Enrique Bradfield I mean he just took control of that series I think in the three games he had nine hits Um, obviously he's gonna steal at least like two bags a game if he gets on I think he had three or four steals in the series and on the home run um, elite defense. I mean, the dude basically just put Vanderbilt on his back, him. And um, why can't I think of who else had a really good series for them? But I mean, he, he was unbelievable. Yeah. Now, like Enrique Bradfield, like you said, he's such a big reason why they won that series. They, 
you know, in that game one on Friday, they were, I think it was tied six, six going into the eighth and Arkansas brings in this sensational freshman reliever. One of the, maybe the best reliever in the country, even though he's a true freshman, Brady Tiger. Um, everyone knows him for his pitching into breaking balls and mm. his, his really good arsenal, but you know, Bradfield is, he's a lot like he, he's the guy that you need in any lineup, but for a team like Vanderbilt, he's, he's a leader on that team. And it's evident in the way that he plays, he plays, like you said, and, and you even reminded me, he plays the game at one speed, whether it's defensively on the base paths, he's just a problem. He's a problem causer for other teams. And it's a guy that you absolutely hate to play against because whether it's making a great play in the outfield and a, on a ball sinking or on the base paths, he just gets the team going and he's, he never has Vanderbilt out of the game. So um, that was a massive series win for the Commodores, not to, not for their tournament resume. They were going to get in anyways, barring going like Oh, and eight in their last eight. Um, But people were kind of asking questions about um, how good they really were. Could they make a run at all? Are they, were they going to make it out of a regional after that one, nothing loss to Louisville um, about a week and a half ago. And all they did was they proved everyone wrong. They had a big series win against Georgia last week. They had a thrilling win this Tuesday against Indiana state, which again, you talk about Enrique Bradfield, he stole right. home to tie the game with two yeah. outs and nine. Insane. <laughs> which is unbelievable. And then this weekend they go to Arkansas, which is one of the best teams in the country easily. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the hardest places to play in the country bar none and they take two of three. So that's a huge confidence booster for them. We were talking about that they needed something like this to head into the tournament and head into Hoover. And so they've got middle Tennessee and then they've got LSU who we'll talk about next weekend. But man, this is a, you talk about teams getting right at the right time, getting hot at the right time. This is about as ideal as you can get. And it's, and it's looking really good in Nashville. If you had anything to add. Yeah, definitely. So I honestly just wanted to get your opinion on it because Yes, they're back, but we also see the games they won though, against Indiana State and Arkansas. Like, we, were pra- we were having so much praise for their starting pitching in the beginning of the season, saying we didn't think it was going to be that strong, and they ended up coming and performing really well in the beginning of the year and, you know, being pretty consistent. But in terms of the other teams, I mean, these guys are giving up a lot more runs than, you know, the Arkansas and Tennessee's, um, Florida State even, like – I don't think even in the conference tournament, they're going to have enough pitching, maybe enough depth, but I don't know enough talent maybe to make a run in it. I don't know if that's a viable thing to say. I think it's interesting because like you said, it is, it's always tough in, in college baseball, you know, it's to win these shootout games. It's really unsustainable, especially when you get into the neutral site aspect of it. So I think that if there is something to be wary of with Vanderbilt and there's no doubt that Corbin is going to head into both Hoover and the regionals with his rotation lined up exactly how he wants it. Mm-hmm. But um, no, their, their problem has been kind of getting into these, these punch out games. So yeah, no, I agree with you that it's definitely something to be aware of. And I don't think it's, they're going to be, winning the sec tournament winning like 12 to 10 nine to five 
13 to eight, whatever. So I think they're going to have to get some quality starting pitching and string a few of those games together in a row, whether it's a regional or the SEC tournament, but the talent is immense on both sides of the ball. And the on pitching wise, you've got sensational freshman Carter Holton, who was lights out today. Um, Devin Futrell, another freshman who's really good. Christian Little, who's electrifying. Yeah, maybe we Pat, see him get a start or two. Right, exactly. They saved him all this weekend. Pat Riley. So the talent's there. And and um, no, I, I, I think that um, next weekend's going to be a great series. And I think that if they don't host, they're going to probably be the least desirable two seed to face in the entire country. Yeah, I, I definitely. This momentum swing has been huge for them. And if they can keep going on, uh, carrying it and beat LSU for a series, that's even better for them in the confidence department. But LSU that and Ole Miss, another great series. Ole Miss is back, and LSU is, who knows, maybe? They're still a powerhouse. But, uh, yeah, Ole Miss sweeps the series against LSU, right? So pretty, pretty crazy there that that happened. I was not expecting that. Just when – I well one I agree with you um but just when everyone thought Ole Miss was completely dead yeah. in the water like they were right with Mississippi State people were already writing them off in late April saying oh uh what we do know about the SEC is that Mississippi State and Ole Miss aren't going to make a regional who knows when the last time that happened was blah 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 Ole Miss has gone on to win seven in a row and that's including a sweep of a Missouri team who's better than people give them credit for. Right. Southern Miss, who's, I think, in a little bit of a rut right now, but they're a good team. Still a good team. Exactly. And then a, a really loud weekend this week with a sweep against LSU and an LSU team that is pretty good in my mind with, with obviously starting at the top, Jay Johnson, and then that lineup is – it's tough and it's long. They've got – uh Josh Pearson's been a freshman who's emerged for him. And then obviously you go into murderer's row with Dylan Cruz, Trey Morgan, Kate Doty, even guys like Jordan Thompson. So this past weekend, Ole Miss just, they want to, they just won good baseball games, excluding yesterday, which was 11 to one, but, and they, they took it to him. But today for the sweep, they had a big inning in the fifth. I think they scored four runs on Friday night. It was a five, three game. So they're finding out ways to get it done. I know Bianco's comments got a little bit of heat from the media with, I think it was in reference to their Friday night guy or who was going to start. He said something like they're all the same or whatever. And everyone went, lost their minds, but he knows how to get the best out of his guys. He's, he knows what's, what to say to get him going. He's a great coach and he's someone that everyone wants to play for and wants to win for. So they're hitting an extra gear. And I think that with this weekend, they played themselves. Ah, it's so tough after the start that they got off to, but I, I think as long as they don't get swept against AM and as long as they don't go over and Hoover, their RPI is in the thirties. Now um, they're, they're back in a regional as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, and I think so. Yeah. And the way that they're playing, they're not as, I guess on paper as deep as typical Ole Miss teams have been. Um, but the way that they're playing now, if they carry that into the SEC tournament and beyond that, obviously the coaching is, is so big in regionals and they've got Bianco. So they're another team that I would 
I just do not want to play. Um, they, they steamrolled a really good LSU team. So, and they've got another great team next week with AM. And you already know that they're going to be amped up. It's their last home series. AM's a top 10 team in some outlets. Um, and that's going to be huge for them in their, their tournament resume and to finalize it. Yeah, I'm excited to see what Ole Miss does in the final series. I think they're like exactly what you said, they're going to be hyped up last home series maybe a lot of beer showers for them who knows it's going to be it's going to be a fun series for them like you said AM's a really good team but LSU has really got to in my mind take it to Vanderbilt to prove that they're they haven't fallen off I mean their starting pitching just isn't what it was at the beginning of the year at all um luckily the, their bullpen's pretty good and their lineup is just on a completely another level. Jacob Perry and Dylan Cruz have been playing out of their minds this season. So we'll, we'll see what happens. Vanderbilt LSU is going to be probably one of the best series in the final uh, weekend, right? Yeah, I think so. That's going to be a big one, just like you said, for a lot of reasons. And then just kind of looking around, Notre Dame and Miami is a good one. Miami, again, this week, Florida State had a massive series win. A lot of these series wins um, – were big were bigger for the series winner. There were bigger wins than there were losses for who they beat. Miami's right. a, a fantastic team. Um, but Florida State put themselves right back into the hosting conversation. Um, so that was huge. And then with I'm trying to think of what else happened. Arizona State beat Oregon State. Um, Oregon State looked weirdly human. The Pac-12 obviously doesn't get a ton of coverage out here. We're out east. So Right. No one really talks about it much and all those results kind of go slept on, but Arizona looked good. Oregon state kind of just, I don't know. I, I can't really say I watched a lot of the series, just, I don't know, life was going on, but um, I'll have to go back and look. I don't know what it was if they went in kind of half asleep, like Tennessee did to Kentucky and just slept, walked their way through it and woke up today with a series loss, but Nothing overly concerning. I'm really interested to see how some of these mid-major, um, these mid-major conference races shake out. The Sun Belt is an absolute mess right now. Um, you've got at the top, obviously, Texas State, um, and then Georgia Southern. Um, Texas State had a huge sweep against Louisiana. And then it's like Coastal Carolina, Louisiana Lafayette. Those top four teams jostling for – an at-large bid, like we stolen bids, and the Conference USA is another one. Southern Miss is obviously at the top, but Texas San Antonio is right there. Middle Tennessee is right there. Old Dominion's right there. So it's just a huge cluster, and next week is going to tell us a lot of what we need to know and as we head into conference tournament week. Um, so I'm, I'm really excited to watch. Obviously, like you mentioned, UVA and Louisville is – I could talk about so many series, but this is, we were talking last week. This is the most fun time of year for college baseball fans. And for good reason, because, you know, there's so much to follow next week. Even, even if you want to go smaller than the, than talking about the regional, there are some teams that are fighting for conference tournament berth. So those series means a lot. I know Utah and Cal Berkeley, the winner of that series gets a berth to the PAC 12 tournament, the inaugural PAC 12 tournament. There we go. So I mean, there are series for everyone, and and just like I was last week, I'm I'm super amped to watch an unhealthy, but in my mind, a healthy amount of college baseball, and do it all again with you next week. Yeah, any, definitely. Uh, 
Any other yeah. things you want to throw in? I actually do. I got to give a shout out to the hometown boys, the Brian Bulldogs. Uh, unreal game today against Central Connecticut. Um, Central Connecticut was winning up until the seventh inning. And Jackson Finney, who already had a home run in the game, Brian's catcher, uh, grand slam, put Brian up ahead. Unreal comeback for them. So I, I was watching because I got a bunch of boys on the team and everything. So, you know, good win for them. And they actually played UConn this upcoming weekend. So maybe they can put something together and keep it rolling. But I don't know. It's just, just it's always fun just to even watch random college baseball games. I know most people who listen probably aren't watching Bryant and Central Connecticut. So I'd say that's pretty random. But just any college baseball game you turn on, ESPN Plus has all of them. Even SEC Network, there, there are a million different ways to watch them. You got to be watching this time of year, no matter what game it is. Oh, exactly. I mean, well, one shout out, Brian, is Jackson and shout out the Ocean State Waves. Is Jackson Finney a wave this year? He's not. So the, the waves can't get any Bryant guys because our head coach is uh, one of Bryant's assistants. Gotcha. So we can't get the we can't get Bryant guys because you know the the, the rules that, that NCAA yeah. rules and everything. But they they have a lot of talented players on that team. Matt Woods has been playing really well, especially the back half of uh, end of the season. So they they would be an exciting team to watch when it comes to their conference tournament. They've been the favorites to win it every year and haven't finished coming to the championship the past couple of years. So if they can do it, I'll be, I'll be pretty happy to see that. I love it. Well, now I'll root for Bryant too. Mm -hmm. Um, But no, next week we can thinking out loud, we can talk more about kind of the tournament landscape and, and what, you know, conference tournaments to watch. And then before regional, I hope and, and think that we'll have a pretty big episode, whether it's here on the boys of Springs or maybe, boys of spring or maybe we hop on to the just baseball show with with arm pete and jack um there's gonna be a lot to look forward to um from us with with college baseball and you know if there's something that you guys are looking for i I think that we're gonna have it covered so it should be a really fun both few weeks and into the summer i know all three of us are working with pretty prominent summer collegiate league teams and we'll have some really fun access and and hopefully some interviews that'll that'll hold you over for the summer. Yeah, absolutely. A, a lot to come. And even more recently, I'm not sure if we'll do it because there's so much happening in the college baseball right now, but if you're into prospects, Ryan Miller does his 2.0 mock draft. That's probably the most accurate mock draft out there in my opinion. So we'll be talking about that. We'll, we'll have him back on. Um, he'll, he'll rejoin the show and it'll be a great time. He'll also be talking about that on the call up with Aram. So make sure to keep an eye out for that. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't, I think we covered everything. And I think next, next week recap is going to be one of the most fun ones we do and the projection and everything. I, I'm really looking forward to it. I agree, man. I'm fired up. Subscribe to the just baseball YouTube, click on Miller's mock draft. And I guess we'll see you guys next week and follow us on, on Twitter at the boys of spring JB, follow yep. Ben Bellotti on Twitter and Ryan Miller and follow myself and, And we'll talk to you guys soon. Yeah, thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. See ya.